0: Thank you for joining us. On this side of heaven, we will never reach perfection. However, we can strive toward it. And how can we do that? By examining ourselves and petitioning our Heavenly Father to evaluate our faithfulness toward Him. As the Word of God tells us, we must test ourselves to see if our faith is genuine. As David did, we must petition God to search us, try us, and lead us in the way everlasting. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander challenges us today
1: be so kind enough for us to turn with us to the book of Psalms. we got two passages of Scripture Psalms 139 23 and 24 Psalms 139, Psalm 139, Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24. it says search me say search me. Search me O God and know my heart, try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Wow, that's a powerful one. Now, I want you to turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse 5. It says, examine Yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Wow. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Those are some real riveting scripture. And I'm going to preach something I've not done in a format that I've not done in all my years of preaching. So I need you to bear with me. I want to preach this. This this sermon comes in a form of, an, of a soul searching evaluation of one's own self. And with that being said, this message is going to be entitled A Soul Searching Evaluation for Genuine Salvation and Spiritual Maturity. As we search our own selves, this is a soul searching evaluation for genuine salvation and spiritual maturity. This is a self check evaluation of oneself. Amen. By way of introduction, as we start a new year, we are most wise indeed if we would sit before the Lord to examine, evaluate, and do some earnest soul searching to ensure that we, first of all, are saved without a doubt. And once having the assurance of our salvation, we also need to test ourselves to see if our lives are bearing witness of our salvation. You see, many are sitting in the house of God, self-deceived, into thinking they are saved, but there is no evidence of fruit that they have truly been born again. Beloved, just because you walked down the aisle, heard the plan of salvation, and say, I believe, doesn't necessarily mean that you are saved. On the other hand, one can be genuinely saved, but their lives are weak, worldly, and they do not seek kingdom priorities because they are not growing in their relationship with the Lord. Therefore, it is urgent that we ask the Lord to search our own hearts to purge out any sin and wickedness. Because the truth be told, all of us have some wickedness, some elements of wickedness in us. We also need to examine ourselves to get a gauge on where we are spiritually and to test the genuineness of our faith. And when the Lord reveals those spiritual deficiencies, we need to repent. We need to surrender those deficiencies to the Lord and make the necessary spiritual adjustments to strengthen those areas of weaknesses. So this is a self-check evaluation. First of all, to see if you if you're saved without a doubt, and then to see if you're growing into maturity. And we all need to search ourselves. And sometimes we're so busy looking at other folks' shortcoming when we are falling short ourselves. So God has crossed you over into this new year. it it, it is not to just meander around and be misdirected. God wants us to be a people of purpose. God wants to to maximize himself through us. Before God can do great and wondrous things through us, we need to do a self-evaluation to see where we are in our walk with the Lord, or even if we're saved at all. So with that being said, the Lord has given me an extensive soul-searching evaluation that will challenge us to spiritual maturity and greater service to the Lord. Are you ready now for your self-check evaluation? Oh, that's kind of weak. Are you ready? Some of y'all don't want to know about yourselves. Okay, and some of y'all think you're mature, but you're not mature as you think you are. And this, and this is a series of questions, I have about 40 of them. That's right, but we're not going to do all 40 today, okay? They give you some relief. Number one, first of all, do you know and believe that you are saved without a doubt? That's That's a good place to start. Do you know and believe that you are saved without a what? Doubt. The gospel of John chapter 3 verse 7 says, do not marvel that I said to you, Jesus tell Nicodemus, you must be born again. And then 1 John chapter 5 verses, verses 11 through 13 is a profound passage on salvation and the assurance of salvation. In 1 John chapter 5 verses 11 and 13 it says, 11 through 13 it says, and this is the testimony that God has given us Eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. You can't get any clearer than that. Verse 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. What a scripture on assurance and eternal life. And I like to say this based on that passage, these two verses. One cannot live the successful Christian life without believing in the doctrine of eternal security. Did you get what I said? One cannot live the successful Christian life without believing in the doctrine of eternal security. If you don't believe in the doctrine, the doctrine of eternal security, you, you're going to really be off balance with your walk with the Lord because one day you're saved, one day you're lost, one day you hope you're saved, one day you don't know you're saved, and then one day you guess you're saved. Huh? Once you have genuinely been born again through grace alone and Christ alone, you are forever saved and kept by the power of God. Uh, let's quote John three sixteen together. Ready, John? For God so loved that He gave His only that should but. But have what? Everlasting life. What? Everlasting life. Whosoever believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ alone, faith alone, shall have everlasting life. You know what everlasting life means? Everlasting. That's right. It's not, it's not, if, if, if you could lose it or not have it, then it's not everlasting. Everlasting means forever. E- eternity. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that assurance? And as I preach around the world, you'd be so many, you'd be surprised at so many that that does not believe in the doctrine of eternal security. You must know that. And you must know that you once you have genuinely, that's the key, genuinely. Now, you said, what about those folk that, that say they were saved? And then uh, a few years later, they disown him. With, they weren't saved in the first place. Because if it's genuine, genuine, you will continue to believe. There it is in the text in John. Look at the 13th verse of 1 John 5 13. Look, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may what? Continue! Continue! So if one does not, if one
0: discontinues, then they were not genuinely saved in the first place. Pastor Rander continues today's message with a series of compelling questions. Here are a few. Is there an increase or decrease in attendance at Sunday and midweek church services, baptism, and Holy Communion? Is timely arrival to worship service a priority? Do the activities of life, technology, busyness, etc. take precedence over spending time with God? We must face these questions head on. Knowing that God will see us through any challenges we face as we lean and depend on Him, for nothing is too hard for God.
1: As a matter of fact, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 27 and 28 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Why? Because they're, they're in Christ. Never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch themselves out of my hand. Wow. Anyone snatch themselves out of my hand. I'm going to tell you something else too. Once you are truly authentically saved, you can't even snatch yourself out of God's hands. Wow. Dude. Now, y'all, let me tell you something. How, how, how many of y'all messed up since you've been saved? How many of you have sinned since you've been saved? How many of you have done something God told you not to do since you've been saved? And how many of you have disobeyed some of the very things that God has told you to do? And then you become broken and contrite in humility. You cry to God for salvation and God restores you. He saves you and he washes you with, his, with, with your blood. You know, Even when we sin in Christ, our sins does not snatch us from the realm of salvation. Isn't that, isn't that good? Even if one should commit suicide, and you say, "Oh, I'm gonna kill myself and get out of this mess," oh, God's gonna get you when you get up. there. He's gonna say, "What you doing up here so soon?" I did this. I bought you in this world. I'm God enough to take you out. Why did you preempt the move of God in your life? I know the number of your days. Who told you to take your own life? You say, "Well, can one who commits suicide do they lose their salvation?" No, because there are people. Actually, all you have to do is just get not be Christ-centered and off-centered and you start looking at your circumstances and your pain and you start uh, uh, doubting and start just you you just I'm just tired you're deeply depressed and maybe it's medication and all these kind of things that compounds the problem it is possible for a genuine Christian to commit suicide that's right even suicide doesn't cause one to lose his or her salvation. That is not the unpardonable sin. The unpardonable sin is to die in rebellion, rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her personal Savior. That's right. I don't believe in euthanasia. The Bible, don't speak, but the Bible says thou shalt not kill. We don't believe in abortion because God says thou shalt not kill. God has a high premium and value on life A life. But there are some people take their eyes off Jesus. They lose hope and they do such a horrible thing. But that, does, it, that in itself does not take away one's salvation. You, once you know that you know you're saved, you've been born again, you can mess up even though you're born again. All you got to do is take your eyes off of God and there's nothing too low down for you to do. Are y'all listening to me? I'm just on number one. <laughs> okay. Okay. You see, see, believing what the scripture says, you see, believing what the scripture says about Jesus Christ gives believers confidence, hope, and assurance that they possess eternal life. Believing what the scripture says about Jesus Christ gives believers confidence, hope, and assurance that they possess eternal life. First John chapter five. Look at look at look at first John 5 13 again. Look at look look there in the text. It says verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may what? No. Underline that. No. No. That you have eternal life. You can what? No. Not might. You're not be ever walking around here saying I hope I'm saved. That's a bad place to be. You need to know that you know you're safe. And how do you know? By believing these things that are written. When you believe what is written about the Lord's son, the Lord Jesus Christ, you, according to this passage, can know. How many of y'all believe this verse? When you believe this verse, when you live this passage Will you anchor your hope in this passage, you can know and don't. And all the demons in hell won't make you doubt the validity of your salvation. If you hold on to the truth of the inspired, infallible, authentic word of the living God. You see? But number two, here's a second question in this evaluation. Has there been a decrease or increase in. In your attendance in Sunday worship in the Lord's house, Bible study and Wednesday prayer gathering. I'll I'll read it again. Has there been a what decrease or increase in your attendance in in your Sunday worship in the Lord's house in Bible study? Wednesday night prayer gathering and things of such. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, as you see the day approaching, says Hebrews 10, 24, 25. I'm going to say something very, very powerful. And I want you to write every word down. Corporate worship in the Lord's house on the Lord's day is not optional. Did you get that? Now, you may not say amen, but it's the truth. God God don't need your amen to validate his truth. Corporate worship in the Lord's house on the Lord's day is not optional. It is important for spiritual growth. Coming to the Lord's house is important for spiritual growth. Coming to the Lord's house on the Lord's day is important for spiritual nurturing. Coming to the Lord's house on the Lord's day is, is healthy for spiritual healing. God wants to heal you some of you come here with all kinds of things uh, and issues spiritually in your life. And God wants to heal you. Coming to church to worship the Lord in his house on the Lord Day gives you an opportunity to fellowship with other like-minded believers. It also provides accountability accountability. And many people don't want to worship in the Lord's house on the Lord's day because they don't want to be accountable for the truth that they have heard. You stay home. The ignorance of God's law is still no excuse, even if you stay home. Okay. You come to the Lord's house to be strengthened and you come to the Lord's house to encourage one another. You see, my friends, trials Trials and difficulties should not cause us to drift away from worshiping with God's people on the Lord's day. But rather, it should motivate us to stay connected with the church for hope and encouragement. It's amazing how some saints, they have problems or they have a disagreement with a saint or somebody hurts your feeling for whatever reason. I'm not coming. There's some mean folk down there. You got some mean folk on your job, too. And you got some bosses that's driving you crazy, but you get up early in the morning on Monday, you go to work in time to have a cup of coffee, and you go and suck it up and take it. (laughs) But you come into God's house, you so fragile. Folk got got to tiptoe around you because they may hurt your feelings you go through boot camp, they're not studying hurt your feelings. <laughs> I, I want my hair. I like that braided. Don't touch that part. <laughs> he keep on cutting. <laughs> you better make that bed up. You better take that shower in so many minutes or seconds or whatever you got. If not, the whole group get penalized and they all going to be mad at you. Am I, am I right in here? You don't just, oh, they rush me in my eating at the mess hall. <laughs> But you come to the Lord's church, you're so fragile. She touched me. He took my parking spot, my seat. I didn't get to sing that song. He didn't call my name. He walked by me and didn't speak. He must be mad at me. When you gonna grow up? Trials and difficulties should not cause us to drift away from worshiping with the Lord's people on the Lord's day. That's you playing right in the devil's hand. That's just what he wants, and he will do, he will do his great, do the greatest work on you when you are disconnected from the people of God. But rather, it should motivate us to stay connected with the Lord's church for hope and encouragement. I would like to say something else about this corporate worship. Is not an option. It, it gets even deeper. High absenteeism. Is a sure sign of spiritual regression. You think you're spiritual, but you're not spiritual if your absenteeism is high. High absenteeism is a sign of spiritual regression. There are people who come just enough to keep their name on the church roll, they know when membership update is coming. So they're sure once every three months to stay connected. And long as they have a long as they have membership, then they think that's a sense of security. But my friend, be it known to you, you can have membership, but you're not on the ship of Zion. <laughs> huh? You, you, you can be at the church, but not in the church. You, you see? So, so, so listen, God knows your motive, He knows your attitude, and He knows your heart. Stop playing with God. High absenteeism is a sign of spiritual regression. There are members, listen to this, God gave it to me so you better listen. There are members who are right here in the house of God today who worship our Lord in wheelchairs. There are people right here at Maranatha who come in their aged condition and worship God on walkers. Those who are not so old and those who are old. There are people right here at Maranatha who come to church and worship God even though they have their oxygen tanks with them. I've seen people sing in the choir, sing sing all our and shout with oxygen going in their nose and breathing. I've seen, I know people right here Who are single parents with two or three children and they get them all here on time and you can't bring your healthy body here. Huh? And yet many able bodied saints sleep in. You watch sports to play off or you take care of your personal business instead of worshiping with God's people. On the Lord's day in the Lord's house. Why is it some aged person can do all of that? And God has blessed you, you got energy, strength, you're not broke. God has been good. You're looking better than you ever look. And you got a person on oxygen outdoing you. A person on a walker outdoing you. And you gotta think about if you go get up. You are most unspiritual. Self-evaluation time. Okay, I hope y'all can take it. I hope this message don't run y'all off by next week. <laughs> y'all better come and finish this test. If you're at Trinity University, you're in high school, you, you're trying to get licensed, pass the bar, get some kind of exam, you, you, hey, you got to finish. If you don't finish that, you're not going to pass. So you stay here, suck it up, confess, get over yourself, and begin to live up to God's expectations for you. Y'all hanging with me? Number three. Has there been a significant decrease or increase in your coming to church torty? Oh, we got quiet. Has there been a significant decrease or increase in your coming to church torty? Psalms one says I was glad When they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let me tell you something. Now, when you are truly glad, say glad. Glad. Say a little bit louder. Say a little bit louder. Say a little bit louder. When you are truly glad about coming to the Lord's house on the Lord's day, tardiness will not be an issue. Oh, I just can't wait to get here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm running to get here. I, I, I can't wait to hear what God's going to do with me. I can't wait to be a blessing to somebody that I need to speak to. I can't wait till I hear from heaven that the, the bread of life is broken and dispensed into my life. Listen, when you're glad, you can't wait to get to the house of God. Just like those folk can't wait to get to Walmart on Black Friday. <laughs> Glad, 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 glad. Are you glad? I mean, are you real glad? That's right. I I, I get here two and three hours before with my prayer team because I'm glad. I'm not a preacher that walk in here 10 minutes, get to church house 10 minutes before service start. I'd be a nervous wreck. I think if you're going to lead God's people, your standards ought to be higher. Huh? I'm the first to get here and I'm the last one except for the uh, the security people to leave. Huh? There's some of y'all the last one to get here. Oh, y'all know where I'm going. (laughs) And the first one to leave. You put God on the clock. That's why we don't have a clock in here. If you don't have a watch, you're in bad shape. You say, why you don't have a watch, a clock in here? Because you don't need to be putting God on a clock. Huh? By the way, by the way, it's no clocks in heaven.
0: As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on His Word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.